Hi, I'm Jake, and this is the 15-second summary of the movie I'm talking about today, Avengers Endgame. The bad guy Thanos got the six Infinity Stones and snapped away half of the universe, wounding himself in the chaos. Thanos is then killed by the Avengers. Skip forward five years. They invent time travel. They need to go back in time to get the six Infinity Stones and snap everyone that was killed back into existence. But Thanos from the past comes to the future for a huge battle where the Avengers assemble and defeat the big bad guy. Hey everybody, I am excited to continue our Life According to Movie series and this week I have the privilege to talk to you about Life According to Avengers Endgame. If you're a fan of the Avengers, I want you to put in the comments right now who your favorite Avenger is. Is it Captain America? Is it Captain Marvel? Iron Man? Black Widow? Whoever it is, go ahead and put it in the comments if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. Listen, if you haven't seen this movie, look, it's okay. Like, you won't be lost today. I will navigate you through the message today, but if you haven't seen the movie, I am questioning whether or not we can be friends. Uh, for our time together today, we're gonna navigate between the world of Avengers Endgame, a movie in which we find the Avengers fractured and hurting, and then our world where we, in our own unique ways, are fractured and hurting, and then the healing words of Jesus that we find in the book of Matthew, specifically in Matthew chapter 11. In chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus, he says this. He says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give is light. Let me pray. Jesus, uh, speak boldly through this message today. I ask that uh, everything I say, uh, that if it's from you, that we remember it. And if it's not from you, that we forget it. So Jesus, this is your time. Do what you want to do during my message. Amen. We are hanging out today at Up, Up, and Away in Blue Ash, and we just want to give a big thanks to the staff here for allowing us to be here and hanging out and shooting here today. This is like my sweet spot. I am a huge comic book nerd. Just ask any of the people that helped us move here. As we were unloading the U-Haul truck, I was carrying these huge long boxes filled with comic books, one after another, and they were like, so are these your son's comics? And I was not even going to dignify that question with a response. Like, nah, bruh. <laughs> Some of my earliest memories are with me reading comics or playing with my superhero action figures. And so needless to say, I'm really excited to be here and allow my comic book geek to come out and play today. Now, for those of you who haven't seen these movies, again, no shame, plenty of shade. But prior to Endgame... There was a movie called Avengers Infinity War. Now, Infinity War, they introduced a character by the name of Thanos, who is our bad guy. Now listen, comic book fans, please forgive my gross simplification of things today. It is painful, trust me, I know. But our bad guy, Thanos, 
He's introduced and he has this plan to wipe out half of Earth's population. Now part of his plan is to collect these six infinity stones that would give him unlimited power. But Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers, they're not feeling it. And so the Avengers, they assemble to defend our world and fight back against Thanos. And so we've got, you know, all the greats. You know, you've got Iron Man and Captain America and Black Widow. You've got Black Panther. David, if you're watching, Wakanda forever. You've got Hawkeye and Thor, the Hulk, Captain Marvel, Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and all these, everybody coming together to fight against the Infinity Gauntlet wielding bad guy, Thanos. And at the end of Avengers of Infinity War, Thanos actually finds all six stones and with a snap of his fingers, despite the Avengers' best efforts, Thanos wipes out half of the Earth's population, including half of all superheroes. This moment is referred to as the snap. With just a snap of the fingers, everything changed. And right at this moment is when Avengers Endgame starts. Now, one of the things that Endgame does exceptionally well is to show how grief, it changes people over time. And, and, and listen, I know that it, that is, it is hard for you to maybe, um, if you're used to just digging right into your Bible right now, you're like, why are we you know, not in the Bible? Listen, I'm navigating through the Bible and all that good stuff. Just hang with me. Listen, the first 30 minutes of Endgame, it's magical because it humanizes these superheroes more than any other superhero film. They feel like actual people with real stories who are really hurting in different ways because of what happened after the snap. Iron Man is shell-shocked when, when Captain Marvel brings him back to Earth. You know, he explodes at Captain America, blaming him for breaking the Avengers apart. He's riddled with grief for the loss of his friends, his inability to defeat Thanos, but in rare vulnerability, we see how broken he is for not being able to save Peter Parker, Spider-Man. He, he hangs up his suit of armor and retires from the superhero life. Captain America and Black Widow, they're barely holding on. Hawkeye, who up to this point, man, he's been that super cool dad, family man who struggles, you know, the balancing the superhero life with being a great father and husband. But after the snap, Hawkeye has slipped so far into unhealth, abandoning the moral compass, and goes on a bloody rampage, killing bad guys all over the world. But perhaps it's Thor, who for me has suffered the most, at least how it connects to me. He, he loses his whole family, his father, mother, brother. He carries the guilt of failing the world when it needed him most. And the trauma from this loss make, makes him regress. And he seeks refuge in overeating and isolation and alcohol and Fortnite. <laughs> Sound familiar? Well, maybe not the Fortnite part, but for being honest, how many of us or, or people that we know and love, they use food and isolation and alcohol as a coping mechanism? Listen, after the snap, we see the Avengers drifting apart, drifting into unhealth, and they, and they live with the weight of living in a world that has suffered such a universal and wide-scale disaster. Now, I, I don't know if, if you personally would say that we're in the midst of a universal wide-scale disaster, and I'm not going to debate that one way or the other, but I do know this. 
Back in March, when the World Health Organization declared the coronavirus a global pandemic, life as we knew it changed. No one has been unaffected by this. This is a historic moment in our lives, so much so the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History has deployed a task force with the singular focus to chronicle and document this moment in history to make sure that for generations to come, there will be a long-term historical perspective on this moment in time. Like back in March, a snap happened. Not with a big purple Titan with an infinity gauntlet, but COVID-19 delivered a snap, a moment when everything changed. And if we're being honest, because of that snap, we are all grieving. And man, some of us are better at grieving than others, right? <laughs> you know, like some of you, man, you're, you're so good at this. You naturally walk through the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. But for others, either, either you've, you've never been taught this, you've never been given permission, or you think you don't need to. But some of you, you don't even acknowledge the need to grieve at all. Listen, the reality is this. We are all grieving some kind of loss right now. Big things, small things, uh, things that are new and fresh as a result of COVID-19. But others of you are wrestling with things that are they're from years ago. You're holding on to things that are 5, 10, 20 years old. Maybe it's a death, diagnosis, or a divorce. Things that, that, that were never dealt with in a healthy way that are now resurfacing in recent weeks because some of your, your coping mechanisms or distractions have been altered or taken away completely. Listen, grief unresolved will resurrect itself. It's not a question uh, of whether or not we are grieving. The question is, how are you going to process the grief? Are you processing at all? I mean, here's the deal. How we process determines our path forward. In Endgame, after the snap, all the Avengers processed in different ways, right? Almost all of them processed in unhealthy ways. And as a result, you saw how much pain they went through. So much of how we go forward from this moment on depends on how we are processing the grief that has come out of our snap. I want to share with you Matthew eleven twenty eight from Eugene Peterson's Message Bible because it beautifully frames what we're talking about today. It says this, Are you tired? <laughs> Worn out? Burnt out on religion? Hey, come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Come to me and I will give you rest. <laughs> Growing up, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. So when tragedy hit me, I was lost. I didn't go to Jesus to get rest. I, I went anywhere but Jesus. 
My senior year of high school, I found my best friend after he committed suicide. And I can still see his face with his eyes wide open as the paramedics pulled him from his car in the garage. This was my snap. My inability, and if I'm being honest, my unwillingness to process my grief sent me down a 10-year downward spiral that would lead to drug addiction, incarceration, and eventually my own attempted suicide. I would give anything to go back in time to talk to Jesse, to tell him that he mattered, that he wasn't alone, that he had options, to tell him that I love him. Maybe selfishly, I, I would love even more to tell the 17-year-old me that it was okay to hurt, that it was okay to be mad, that, that it was okay to, to be mad at God, that he was a big God and he could take it. I would tell that 17-year-old kid to talk to his parents and friends and tell him how he was really feeling, to not just cop out, I would tell him to demand to talk to a mental health professional. And if I could do all this, I would tell him that the peace that he was looking for in all the wrong places, that he was only going to find that in Jesus, not in religion, not in rules, not tradition. I'd tell him how I tried to find it everywhere else and in everything else and none of it worked. I'd tell him that the greatest decision I ever made was the decision to have a relationship with Jesus. I would also tell him that it was okay that things didn't work out with Kelly his junior year, that he would end up marrying her 12 years later. Some of you are stuck in a cycle of unhealth because you've never actually brought your stuff, your grief, to Jesus. You've never processed with Jesus. You've processed with drugs. Hey, I got you, right? Wait, they're just gummies, right? What's the big deal? <laughs> you, you, you've processed with alcohol. Like, you know, what started out as a nightcap to take the edge off has turned into a morning cap to turn the world off. Hey, yeah, you know, maybe some of you are feeling good right now because you're like, man, I don't do any of that stuff. You know, I'm a good Christian. Okay, I see you. <laughs> right, yeah. How much communion wine are you taking in every day? Hey, <laughs> Let's keep it real. Some of you are hiding behind your picket fence with neatly manicured lawns. You, you've created this stained glass facade to hide the fact that you are slowly dying inside. You're processing by popping pills, popping pills. And at first, it, it was your restlessness at night, and so, you know, some sleep aids. And then it was your anxiety, and then you injured your back. And now you've created this nice little nightly, you know, Ambien, Xanax, Lexapro, Oxy cocktail, right? <laughs> Abuse of pharmaceuticals is our quiet little bougie epidemic that everyone's okay with. But your family has lost you. Oh, you're there, but you're not really there. You're a ghost of your former self. How are you processing? Maybe for you, you know, you're sitting around judging others or how we like to call it in our family, making observations. 
or, or gossiping. Ooh, some of you are so miserable that you find other miserable people like you so you can carry on about how miserable those other people are so you don't actually have to acknowledge how miserable you are. Oh, or, or, or maybe it's the overworker. You know, losing yourself into your work, grinding so hard under the guise of trying to provide a good life for your family. See, one day you're going to wake up without that family because while you are running from yourself and chasing the American dream, you missed the life that your family was having all around you. How are you processing the unhealth and grief in your life? How are you processing the things that have rocked your world? We have all been affected by a snap, but it is time to snap out of it. Listen, we're all broken. We've all got stuff. We've all got brokenness. We've, but we're all trying to do the best we can with a broken blueprint. Some of us have no idea how to process great grief. Listen, you don't have to know the, the five stages of grief. You don't have to know the perfect plan for recovery. You just need to start with coming to Jesus, to start there. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary, tired, worn out. Come to me, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Get away with me and you will recover your life. It's time to recover our lives. This season of COVID-19, this season of uncertainty, listen to me. It is a gift. In a snap, everything paused. How you choose to process in this pause determines your way forward. This is a do-over. You don't get too many of these in life. Trust me. How are you going to use this do-over? God, please breathe life into our do-over. Breathe power into our do-over. Breathe boldness. Breathe grace into our do-over. It's time to reconnect to your families. It's time to reconnect with your neighbors, your friendships, your community. For some of you, it's time to reconnect with your spouse. Your marriage is one step away from divorce papers. This is your do-over. It is a wake-up call to focus on what matters most. Don't waste your do-over by continuing to cover up and cop out. It's time to hit play. It's time to move forward. It's time to stop playing the games, y'all. Yes, there are some things that have happened that have hurt. Absolutely. Yes, there are some things that don't make sense. There are some things that, that, that some of you have lost things. Yes, some of you are lost. But if you're hearing this message, then you're not dead. And if you're not dead, then God's not done. There's more that he wants to do in you and through you. He's got a plan and purpose for you that isn't going to be found in your pity party playing the blame game. It's time to move forward. We're moving forward into healing. We're moving forward into purpose. You can do it. You will do it. Oh, Jesus says now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work, where? Within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. We are moving forward. He's not done with you. He created a good work in you and if he will see it through till its completion, snap out of it. 
We're moving forward, so be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid to fail. If you're not failing, you're not trying. We're failing forward. Try. Fail forward. Try again. Fail forward. <laughs> In Avengers Endgame, the, the Avengers were fractured, divided. But in the end, the Avengers are able to defeat Thanos and protect the planet, not because of their individual abilities or superpowers, but because they were able to put aside their differences and heal from their wounds and come together united as one team. In a dramatic cinematic moment, all the remaining Avengers, they band together, they rally around this one statement to save the planet. Whatever it takes. I believe that's a word for us, whatever it takes. As a people, we have our differences. We are grieving, job loss, financial loss, family loss, abandonment, divorce, fractured future plans, serious wounds from our past and our present. And if we're being honest, there is division among us. East side, west side. <laughs> Face mask, no face mask, reopen, don't reopen, conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, blue, red, black, white, wealthy, poor, privileged, marginalized, underrepresented, underserved. This is our reality, not a movie. We as a community, as a nation, are grieving and there is division. And like the Avengers, we all have a common enemy who is out to take us out. His sole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. His tactic is division, and his weapon is discouragement. But above all, hey, we have victory in Christ. We are united in Christ. There is equality in Christ. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Our power as citizens of heaven is an unstoppable force. Listen, each of us are uniquely gifted and purposed with special abilities, superpowers, if you will, from the Spirit of God that unites us in Christ and is greater than anything that divides us. Together, the impossible is possible. We need to stand united and move forward from this season of COVID-19. We need to come together to dream of a greater tomorrow. See, you've got dreams in you that you've let die. It's time for a resurrection. Those dreams aren't childhood fantasies. Those are the divine gifts that the creator of the universe put inside of you to help us come together to change the world. It's, it's time to start capturing the dreams that God has put inside you, whatever it takes. What are you waiting for? We have to stop taking gifts to the graveyard. It's already taken enough. It is the richest place on earth. Filled with unfulfilled wishes and dreams, unwritten songs and books, filled with inventions never shared and cures never discovered, all because we were too afraid to take that first step. Afraid to come together, afraid to fail, afraid that we don't have what it takes. Snap out of it. You have gifts inside of you that God wants to use to change the world around you. Listen, Proverbs 16, 18 says this, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Your gift will make room for you and bring you before greatness. Don't let your grief 
suffocate your gift. Stop carrying around the weight of the world, carrying around the grief, carrying around what isn't yours to carry. It's suffocating you. When we give our grief to Jesus and let him carry it, we make room for the gifts inside of us to grow again. It is time to dream again. It is time to live again. Come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Let me pray. Jesus, uh, thank you that you will heal. Thank you that you will help us process everything that we're going through. Thank you um, for this moment, uh, even selfishly for me, to be able to, to get some things out and bring them to you in front of my brothers and sisters. Jesus, thank you for how you are uh, the great physician, that you will heal, redeem, and restore. Uh, Jesus, I ask that you um, will speak boldly to hearts today, that you will ignite a flame in every single person hearing, that they will take another step closer to you wherever they may be on their journey, that they may experience that same restoration, healing, and redemption. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.